This is a business breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Ellum joins me. A spectacular um, rebound as far as stock markets are concerned. The question for how long? Another question should we be cautious? A third question, there will of course be an earnings drop later on, won't there? Which may well undermine a lot of these daily gains. I know you're very cautious as you look at these peaks and troughs. What's your feeling right now? Um, still one of caution, if I'm honest. I think uh, we have seen a strong bounce back and you look at yesterday and I think Bernie Sanders dropping out of the presidential uh, race, the, the democratic race, uh, certainly triggered uh, a strong rebound. But sometimes you have to look beyond the headline that triggers the rebound and ask yourself the question, why is it that investors were so keen to buy uh, at any opportunity? Uh, Joe Biden was already well ahead in the race, was already highly expected uh, to come out victorious so were investors just jumping at any opportunity to buy again and mm. if so why are they so confident we have seen some encouraging numbers on the coronavirus front particularly across Europe suggesting we are seeing a turnaround there especially in some of the hardest hit economies um, and in the in the US uh, we are we appear to be in the uh, seeing early signs of improvement in terms of cases in New York which is so far the hardest hit and that's extremely encouraging but then we are still uh, in the early stages of this in some of these countries, including the UK and the US uh, and others. And um, the, the situation in terms of the debt toll is going to get far, far worse as far as the US is concerned and the UK is concerned and others. Uh, and therefore, for that reason, I still think this is um, a little bit premature. But who am I to argue with the market? I think that the lows will not maybe be tested. I think we will see a little bit more downside. I think there's many more phases of this to come including uh, the data, including the earnings, which you've already alluded to. Uh, but right now, investors can only see value, it seems. There's been a record demand for UK government debt as well. Now, what does that signify to you? Well, for, for one, it signifies the fact that there's an enormous amount of liquidity in the market. Um, we, we've got to remember we are seeing an unprecedented amount of stimulus from central banks. We've got interest rates pretty much at zero all around the world at this point, uh, in most countries anyway. We have quantitative easing uh, at an unprecedented level. The Feds are committed to open-ended unlimited QE. Uh, they have uh, really front-ended that as well. The Bank of England has increased its QE program by 50%. The ECB has restarted QE, that's the European Central Bank. The other central banks are now um, trying QE for the first time, the Reserve Bank of Australia, for example, uh, the RBNZ. Uh, uh, and others are contemplating the idea as well. So we have liquidity flowing through the markets. So I think that's a major, major factor uh, behind all of this. And it's also a very necessary factor because we've also got governments borrowing uh, now um, at an unprecedented level in the short term. So uh, these are um, these are incredible times. And I think I think the most important thing from the UK's perspective with the amount of demand is probably one of relief because they are going to be borrowing a lot of money mm, mm. Uh, over the next uh, and, over and the next year or two. And, and do you feel it's a sort of endorsement? I don't, again, don't get too panglossian about all this, but is it a kind of endorsement of the underlying strength of the UK economy, do you think? It certainly, um, it certainly helps, I think, that the UK has its own central bank 
Um, I, I think we are at a stronger point than, say, Italy would be or is in a similar position. Uh, the same can be said for Spain and others. Um, but then we look at something like the movements in the pound during the downturns in these markets, and that would suggest that investors are less confident. Now, it's it's, in, it's difficult to always pinpoint exactly why. Uh, I think the UK is facing uh, difficult times because... <clears throat> we are grappling with not just the coronavirus. There is still a lot of un- unanswered questions with regards to which poses an economic risk, um, especially in this current environment, and especially as discussions can no longer pure, surely be taking place. Um, so the movements in the currency suggest there is still a risk. But I do think the fact that we have our own central bank and there is enormous liquidity means that UK government bonds are still attractive. Okay. Um Underneath that, uh, small business is still being shut out from the government's emergency bailout scheme. The proportion is tiny, isn't it, of those who have actually had any help. Uh, And once again, it's all right talking, but the money has got to start flowing, hasn't it? Because they are the backbone of the UK economy. Sorry, I missed that question, I think. Uh, I cut out. Oh, not at all. Okay, just going back to the fact that small businesses are still very much shut out from the government's emergency bailout scheme, aren't they? And we should remember that they are very, very important to the economic recovery of the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so. It's, it's going to be really easy to criticise various government schemes in the aftermath of this, and um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who are going to be scrutinising it closely, and they should because this is such an important time for the UK economy. Uh, and and if if people are scrutinising it heavily, then hopefully that means that any issues can be resolved more quickly. But we have to remember that these are schemes that have been put together very quickly, pushed out far quicker than most schemes would normally be pushed out. And therefore, that means that they are going to come uh, with their faults. Uh, so the um, loans for businesses, uh, we've obviously seen now disputes between the banks and uh, the British bank, uh, the the the, uh, the scheme that was set up in order to, uh, de- to deal with this uh, or, or that the powers were handed to. We discussed that on Tuesday. But then there is always going to be other issues with um, with other schemes that the, bank, that the the government has pushed out, which is... Um, which it comes in relation to the furlough scheme in terms of which businesses are make, taking advantage of this and which businesses uh, were not intended to take advantage of this but are um, the uh, and things that uh, and around other schemes as well that the government is putting out there's always going to be difficulties when it comes to something that's been rushed out but the, the, the important thing is that we make the changes as quickly as possible so that the taxpayer uh, doesn't uh, lose out uh, as a result of this uh, but also uh, so that the people who need it can and get access to it easily. You expressed your concern about the gap in the UK labour market created by immigration controls and the rest of it. Add to that the pan-European, in fact pan-global lockdown and yet 50,000 people have applied for farming jobs, picking jobs, um, which sounds, I mean, I can just about remember talk about this because I'm old enough to, but the, you know, it's like a land army, isn't it, from the Second World War? Yeah, it's um, it is quite remarkable um, that we are seeing this this, this surge. But I guess that the, these are, like I've said plenty of times, these are extraordinary times. Uh, and while farmers may be um, may may feel in a very privileged position right now um, because they are they have this 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 incredible workforce willing and waiting and able to do so. Um, I do think this the, it, there is the suggestion that this is due to people who've been 
temporarily displaced so this is fantastic now uh, in, in, an un, in unfortunate times but in 12 months time assuming that we have left the EU it will be interesting to see what the story and the headlines are being written then um, and that's I think that's that's uh, that's a bit of a concern but yeah this is this is one of the uh, the few nice stories that does come out of one of these dreadful circumstances and finally um, I need to point you towards Google paying 44 million pounds in tax spending 10 times that amount on staff bonuses now whichever side of the tax debate you come from that does sound not quite right doesn't it well, this is the age-old story between a large multinational company, uh, particularly a tech company, uh, and how they pay uh, into the uh, into the coffers, as it were. Um, so, yeah, this is never going to be a story that's going to be welcome, but it's one that we've become very accustomed to, one that needs a global response, which doesn't have a global response, and therefore we're going to continue to see these headlines on a yearly basis. The unfortunate thing about this is the government values uh, someone like uh, a company like Google um, uh, because of jobs it creates, because of other ways in which it uh, indirectly uh, contributes to the Treasury, either through contributions in terms of uh, through um income tax through the employees <clears throat> that it hires or through the jobs just through the sheer number of jobs it creates um, but then there's also the fact that the treasury in many ways kind of feels a little bit powerless because you've seen what happens when governments try to take it on themselves to tax these firms you see someone like Emmanuel Macron in France who wanted to impose the tech tax and the US re- responded in kind by saying well if you're going to tax our major uh, success stories then we will tax your wine and we will tax uh, other products which you make which uh, which which, which you export to the US. This is never a straightforward game of, well, you just tax them and you move on with your life. People like to simplify these things, but they're never simplistic. We all wish that these companies would pay more tax, but how we get there in this, uh, it, it needs to be a global response, and that's always going to slow the pro- process down dramatically. And finally, um, the finally, finally, the idea of scrapping dividends is now extending to insurers. Aviva have said it will. Um, the other insurers are under pressure to do that. Whether you wonder about the complexity or not, dividends are a major force, aren't they, in investors? They are, uh, and but the, again, as I said earlier, these are exceptional times, and mm. you have to uh, think that paying dividends at a time uh, when when the when the government is stepping in to the to the extent it is when the economic outlook is as uncertain as it is, you would assume that if we are heading for a uh, severe recession, then there's going to be many businesses who aren't going to be paying dividends because they are going to be relying on those cash reserves uh, to keep the company afloat and to remain competitive and hopefully to retain staff. So it's not surprising that insurers who also have a a level of uncertainty uh, surrounding the next six to 12 months because of the amount of claims you would expect that we are going to see uh, Mm. on their businesses um, shouldn't uh, necessarily be uh, paying dividends out at this moment in time, even if it is important part. It's why people lend money is to get money back uh, in the form of shared profits. And if these companies are making profits, people would expect money back. But like I say, exceptional times call for exceptional measures. And these are exceptional times. And these are companies that are going to be heavily called upon. So what they should be focused on right now it, it, it is retaining cash so that they can meet any uh, any any claims that do come and you would expect them to be high. But that, there is obviously also a political message here, watching companies pay out millions and millions of pounds um, at a time when the government is coughing up cash just doesn't sit well. So the political message is never good and that's always going to come through and it is now. 
Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. 